Well, welcome to Redeemer Church. My name is Tim Trometer. I am one of the pastors here at Redeemer. And it is so good to be here to celebrate the birth of our Savior with you. Tonight is Christmas Eve, and I pray that it will be more than lights and tinsel. If you know what tinsel is, you are older than I am. <laughs> Consider yourself blessed. I hope that it will be more than movies and card games, presents, traditions, food, and overabundance. My prayer for you is that this Christmas Eve, you wouldn't miss the reason for this season because tonight we do more than merely celebrate the birth of Jesus into our world, which took place a long time ago, um, but we also celebrate something that is more than that act of remembrance. It's that Christ is born into our lives and creates us anew today. He creates in us a new life every day. And that's a fact that we are able to reflect on. And in fact, we have actually been reflecting on it all month long this December. See, over the last few weeks, we've been exploring the stories that surround Jesus' birth and have been encouraged to slow down this year because we live these very fast-paced lives in our culture today. And so we've been encouraged to slow down this year, to not miss the sights, the sounds, the experiences of the season, and not to miss the miracle, the genuine miracle that is Jesus as we have done so many times in so many Christmases past. And so if you have come this evening in a state of rushed panic, welcome. I invite you to just take a moment to breathe, to rest, to just be present. Because so many of us come into Christmas overwhelmed. Nobody shouted amen, but I believe in your heart many of you were ready to shout amen at that. So I invite you to just let the worries and the stresses of today, tonight, tomorrow, this week, next week, and the year to come, just let them pass away for these moments that we're together so that we can celebrate and worship and just be one this evening in worship. Will you pray with me? God, our Father, you have brought us again into this glad season where we celebrate the birth of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We ask that you would grant us his Spirit, that it may be born anew in us in our hearts this day, that we may be joyfully welcoming him to reign in our hearts and lives. Open our ears that we may hear again the angel's song. Open our lips that we too may sing with uplifting hearts that song of old, glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth, goodwill to all men and women. It's through Jesus Christ, your Son and our Savior, that we all pray together. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, Christmas is a busy season for, for a lot of us. And between, our, between our two campuses at Redeemer, our staff is involved in, in special programs and extra rehearsals and outreach events and decorating and planning, and not only for Sunday, but for like special nights like tonight, and it, it's a crazy busy couple of weeks, and, but I know that it's like that for all of us this time of year. It is a crazy busy time of year for everybody, but there's something about this time of year that, that's just amazing, isn't there? Regardless of the busyness. Christmas carols are playing on the radio and as we're racing, literally, quite literally, racing all over town. Funny story. 
someone in my family who also drives, who will remain anonymous, got pulled over the other day for tailgating and speeding behind a police officer. So um, if you run into that other person in my family, who I happen to be married to, um, you can ask her about what it's like to tailgate a police officer and how much they appreciate that. It's that time of year where we're racing around and just going crazy. We're getting groceries, we're shopping, we're running kids to parties, to rehearsals, to programs. We're entertaining friends and families. But I wonder, over the last few weeks, have you taken time to actually hear the messages of those songs that you listen to, or do you miss the message of it all? You know, lights have been shining on people's homes all over town, and you know, I get the opportunity to drive through a couple of towns um, almost every day. Do the lights fill you with a sense of awe and wonder anymore, or, or you, has it all become just the norm? I'm not partial to the uh, light star, but like the old-fashioned Christmas lights on houses. Do they fill you with awe? Because I drive with my kids in the car, and they still say, Hey, Daddy, slow down. Did you see that house? And sometimes I have to say, what? I'm oblivious to it because I'm going so fast or I'm, I'm moving too fast to notice. But do you, do you still, does it still put you with a sense of awe? Does it remind you that Jesus is the light that shines into our darkness? Or do you miss that vital point? Christmas cookies. I've never had any, of course, but it, Christmas cookies, candies and candy canes, and they're being given out at work and at school, and, and we enjoy them at home. Do you savor their sweetness and, and the time with the family and friends, or do you miss it because you're overwhelmed and overcommitted? Even nativity scenes, they're out, they're, they're out in people's front lawns, and they're on the front of cards, and they're, they're everywhere. And, and do you notice the gift of Jesus? Do you see the scenes and the gift of Christ and what he can do in the world, or, or do you miss that too? See, our theme this Advent, this Christmas season, has been to encourage us not to get so busy with life, with the doings of our life, that we, that we, miss, that we miss it, that we miss the joy, the peace, and the hope of Christmas. See, too many of us get to Christmas Eve and to, to Christmas Day and, and we're exhausted. We're empty inside because we missed it. We've celebrated, we've celebrated Christmas, but we've missed the presence of God within us. We've missed Jesus in it all. And if this sounds like you, and if you're here tonight thinking that, that once again you missed it, it's not too late. There's good news of great joy. I read that somewhere. Please hear the message tonight with open ears and because we've been sharing the same message for years. Just open your eyes, your mind, your heart, and your life. Don't miss it. Don't miss the presence of God because that is what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. That's for you, Mindy. That's what Christmas is all about. We make Christmas all about presents, the gifts, the packages that go under the tree, whether we make them ourselves and they don't turn out the way we want them to or not. But Christmas is all about the presence of God. Christmas is all about God, the God of the universe, coming into this world as this small, this small, vulnerable, little baby 
so that in him and through him we could see and experience God's love. Don't miss the presence of God because that is the real gift of Christmas. That is the gift of Jesus. And that's honestly the best gift ever. Do you remember the best gift you ever got? Think about it. What's the best gift? This is rhetorical. Don't say it out loud. What's the best gift you ever got? Think about it in your head. In your head, not out loud. In your head, out loud. In your head, not out loud. I used to be an elementary school teacher, and so you say it three times so that everyone gets it. What was your favorite Christmas gift? I'll be honest, I don't recall a lot of my Christmas gifts that I've gotten through the years, but there was one Christmas gift that stands out on my mind that I can remember to this day. You see, every year, my parents gave my brothers and I a family gift. I don't know, maybe your families were were similar to that. We would get a family gift every year. And when I was about eight years old, um, we went down into the, or we went out to the living room searching for our family gift. And lo and behold, we couldn't find it until we found this note that said, go check in the basement, which of all places, that's not where we would look for a family gift. Intentional pause for dramatic effect. When we got to the basement, I remember sitting on the stairwell going into the basement. There's no banister because, you know, we don't need those. There was a big box leaning up against the couch. And it said, ho, ho, ho on it. I, I vividly remember. It was an air hockey table. And it was amazing. It was a big deal for our family to get a brand new air hockey table. It's a big purchase. And it was awesome. We used it constantly. I remember playing air hockey with my grandpa, my cousins, my aunt. It was amazing. We had our own air hockey table. It was in the basement for years. Every family gathering, we were down there playing air hockey. It was so much fun. I've noticed something, though, over the years that about gifts. The older we get, sorry, the older I get, you're all really young. I'm really old. I get it. I know people get offended when I say they're old. So the older I get, the smaller gifts become, it seems. The less important, not just like the less important. That's not what I mean. I mean, like, like literally the smaller they become. Like children's toys, they seem to get bigger and bigger. Like they're big and big boxes and bulky and huge toys that are just plastic junk and but gifts for me, they're like, they're getting smaller. Like there's a cell phone and they're like, a, there's a tablet and then there's like a gift card and then there's, just like, there's like a microchip that goes in my brain or something. I don't know, but like gifts are getting smaller as I get older. But it's okay. I mean, I, it's, it just goes in an envelope nowadays. But here's the thing. The greatest gift in the world, the greatest gift, didn't come in a bag or an envelope. I know, you know where the ending, you know where I'm going with it, Right? It's like you've heard this message before. But that's the point of this series. We've heard this story so many times that we tune it out. But we don't want to miss it again. We don't want to miss it. The greatest gift. All it needed was a manger. The greatest gift was given a name, and it was Jesus. And while the gift may have been very small, it was barely noticed. In it was the very presence of God. Mary and Joseph were told that they were to name their child Jesus, and the prophets said that the Messiah would be called Emmanuel. 
Matthew tells us that all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophets. He said, look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is with us. And so what does this presence of God with us mean to us today, 21st century world? So I want to suggest to you tonight four things that it means. Four things. The first is the presence of God with us means many things, but most of all, it means that God loves us. Of all things that Christmas will mean in our lives is that God loves us. And I'm, I'm going to do it. Here we go. Are you ready? Some of you are like, I don't know this guy, and I don't think I like him already. But I'm going to do it anyways. John 3.16. Boom. He did it. For this is how much God loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, so everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. There I said it. The presence of God with us means that God loves us. So let me put it another way. God loves us so much that he allowed himself to enter into this world as an infant and live as a human being so that we could move beyond an empty existence of always being exhausted and experience the gift of what I like to call real life. Life to the fullest. John says in the Gospel of John, John 10.10, the thief comes to destroy, but I come for life and life abundant. This is what God, this is the way God intended life the way we wanted it to be, and He wanted it to be. And we don't often feel worthy of this love. And at times we, not, we may not feel worthy of anyone's love, honestly. The truth is that God's love for us is unconditional, and it doesn't matter what we've done and who we are. God desires to be with us and to help us experience this fullness of life. Second, God's presence with us also means that God forgives us. No matter who we are, where we've come from, or what we've done, God is willing willing to forgive us. The first people to hear about the birth of Jesus were shepherds. Shepherds. And shepherds were not what you would call the right people. Awkward. Right people. Just feels dirty to do that. The right people. That's the point. The shepherds were the wrong people. The shepherds were the dirty people of their time. Shepherds, because of their work and their lifestyle, they were, people considered them as outcasts, and, and they were sinners who were neither loved nor accepted. And yet, those were the first people that God wanted to know about his entrance into the world. The first people that God wanted to tell the good news of great joy about his, the Savior entering the world. That they were valued, that they were forgiven, that there was a future for them. You see, the presence and the grace of God is for all of us. And the Bible reminds us that no one, no one is too far from God or too sinful for God to give up on. And it's hard for us to wrap our minds around that at times because we've done an excellent job of demonizing those we don't like or disagree with. Right? We really have. We really demonize those people we don't like. I do it. We all do it. We're just honest about it. It's those people. <laughs> It's what we do, because we disagree. But when we listen to the news and we hear about all kinds of people who are evil and do things that we often think is unforgivable, it's hard to think about God's forgiveness reaching out that far. 
It really is. But, but the point of the Scripture is that God does forgive. And tonight, God's presence in Jesus is here to forgive and redeem us. Because to someone else, we're those people. The message given to Luke in Luke 2 was, was this, or given in Luke 2 was, the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah himself. The Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. This gift is for you, and this gift is for me. The third thing, the presence of God also means that God helps heal and strengthen our relationships. Because the presence of God brings love and forgiveness, it brings with it the gift of stronger and healthier relationships for us as well. See, the presence of Jesus helped Mary and Joseph rebuild their relationship. We don't talk about that holy, disorganized, and chaotic married life because when we're married, everything in our marriage is perfect all the time. Paint on your smile. Welcome to church. I'm so glad you're here. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Everything's perfect in my world. Just look at my Facebook page. When Joseph first heard that Mary was pregnant, he planned to divorce her. It took God stepping in to convince him not to. And he said that the child was the son of God. God's presence was with Joseph, and it gave him what he needed to accept Mary as his wife. God's presence held the couple together. God held Mary and Joseph together. Without God, they would have broken apart. They would not have stayed together. God held that marriage together. And God's presence can still, to this day, maintains relationships together. Now, if you're divorced, I'm not saying that it's because you don't believe in God and that God isn't with you and God doesn't love you. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that God strengthens relationships. That is what I'm saying. Marriages and families are strengthened when God is present. Grace and forgiveness can restore relationships and strengthen friendships, and that's what happens when God is present. Tonight, tomorrow, and then in the days to come, as we celebrate with family and friends, we're going to have the opportunity to forgive one another. We're going to have the opportunity to forgive family members and friends. We're going to have an opportunity to reach out and try to restore relationships, to seek reconciliation. Because honestly, if your family is anything like my family, there's probably someone in your family that you're disconnected with that you have what they call in family systems a squiggly line between. There's straight lines, which is a good thing. There's squiggly lines, not so good. Maybe not. Maybe it's just me. Your family's perfect. Mine's not. God's presence can also help us build community because it was Jesus himself that brought angels and shepherds and wise men to Mary and Joseph. And while they were not all there at the same time, it was the presence of God that brought them all together. Realize what that would be in a modern context. Shepherds, the outcasts of society, wise men, scholars from other countries, going to the working class people living in the barn who just had a baby. 
God brought them all together. You see, we live in a very divided world, politically, socially, economically, and racially. We are still divided. And, and while there's a lot of talk about us all needing to come together right now, we don't often see it happening, do we? If you were to look around right now, this room, just look around this room, honestly. You know, don't talk to anybody because that would be wrong in a church, right? How expressive are we of this community? Sunday morning is still the most divided hour, the most segregated hour in this country. I'm convinced that the greatest hope for a community to come together doesn't lie in the government or wishful thinking or anything else, but it is the church because what God can bring together is something completely different than most other things can or anything else can. And this Christmas story proves it. Wise men, shepherds, angels, Mary and Joseph. If we allow God's presence to fill us and lead us, new communities and families can be created. Finally, the presence of God also means that God helps us to experience new life. In 2 Peter, we find these words, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature, and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. And I know that's a, that's a lot to say, but here's what it means. God's power has given us everything we need to live a godly life. Everything we need. It is God's presence with us in Jesus, and it is God through us, and God with us, that gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit, that gives us everything we need to live the kind of life that we want to live, that we desire to live. It is God with us, Emmanuel, that helps us experience and work for a life of grace and peace and love. It is God with us that gives us a life of meaning and purpose and adventure and joy. It is God's presence with us that helps us experience a new life. It's God's presence that gives us what we need to keep living this day after day and year after year. And I encourage you not to miss it. This is not the life you're experiencing tonight. If you have not experienced peace, purpose, or joy in this Christmas season, if, you're, if you've missed it, don't worry. It's not too late. God's power is, is with us, and, and it came in the presence of this baby in Bethlehem, a baby that we remember and celebrate and we can still receive. And God's power is with us tonight in the presence of the Holy Spirit that, that waits to be invited into hearts and lives that are full and yet empty. Our lives have a lot of activity, but can be empty of hope. I wonder, is your life full of activity but empty of hope this year? Are you full of expectation but empty of peace? Are you full of fear but empty of joy? full of doubt, empty of love. See, the presence of God can fill us up.
Don't miss the chance this year to accept the best gift you will ever receive, the gift of God's presence in your life, Emmanuel, God with us. Let's pray. Eternal God, by the birth of Jesus Christ, you gave yourself to the world. Grant that being born in our hearts, he may save us all from our sins and restore within us the image and likeness of our Creator, to whom be everlasting praise and glory. In the name of your Son, Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen.